0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm Terry Price. I am Harold Presley. And you've tuned in to the Spook Show. Thanks for joining us. We're glad to have you.
1: Man, over these last few weeks it's been great. We've yeah. had a lot of great shows and man, we got a lot. You know, we're about to wind up our season here. Yeah, we've only got a few, too sh- long. few shows left, I think. Uh, and and by the way, we will do a recap show and it may be a special kind of recap show. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so keep you know, keep your ears open for that. Now, what you're listening to, if this is your first time to join us, uh, this is the Spook Show. It's a regular guy look at the spooky, paranormal stuff that, you know, you just can't explain. And sometimes you can't go to sleep afterwards. I know <laughs> from personal experience that, that, that that's a problem. That can happen, okay? And we want to know uh, your stories. We, you, you know, you don't have to come on with us. Sinister us your stories. Send us your spooky stuff. And these can be anything. And people say, well, is it only like ghost stories? No, it's not just that. UFO, Bigfoot Terry loves Bigfoot. We yes. had a great we had a great two-part Bigfoot show. If you haven't checked that one out, go check that out as well. But send that all to us at PricePresleyShow at gmail.com.
0: That's right. We've got to hear from you because without you, we have no show. As Harold said, we'd be glad to tell your story for you if you mm-hmm. like, and we'll let you be anonymous. We, we will yes. not say your name if you don't want us to, and we will not give locations or anything like that. Or if you want to tell us uh, your story yourself,
1: still go ahead and email us. Yeah. And if the story makes Harold shiver enough, <laughs> that'll make Terry very happy. Okay. <laughs> All right. And by the way, you know, we're, 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 based here in, in Bryan College Station, Texas. Okay. Now, if you're listening to the show somewhere else in the world, send it to us. We want to know, especially yeah. if you're somewhere else, we want to know what's going on in your part yeah, of the world. Not
0: only that, but you can go down in the comments section on YouTube or even on our Facebook page yeah. and tell us where you're from, where yeah. you're listening from. Where Man, listen I would from. love That's great. to know where you're listening from. We'll give you a shout out. Okay, That's right. That's
1: right. <laughs> and, and by the way, uh, I do want to say this. You can catch the show. If you listen to it, you probably already know this uh, YouTube page. Go to Price and Presley Spook Show there and also on Facebook. Uh, Facebook.com slash Price Presley Spook Show Go there, like our pages on on both those uh, uh, places, and uh, give us a like, subscribe, give us a like, give us a comment. Okay? yeah,
0: reach down there and click on that subscribe button because that helps us keep this show going. That's yeah. that's really important. And comment, yeah. comment, let us know what you think of the show, Harold. This is our first season. Harold and I have never done a podcast. No, never before. done it before. So, yeah. uh, if you've got some some advice for us, and we'd love to hear it. Uh, uh, just go down in the comment section and let us know what you think. Yeah, we've had we've had all kinds of interesting stories uh, and interesting people. We've had Bigfoot. Yeah, uh, we've had ghost yeah. stories. Ghost and, stories. Uh, today we have a story that uh, is is spooky, but it it is is very real. It's very real, <laughs> and, and and it involves. I mean, they're all real, but this is right. very real here. This this involves a near death yeah. experience, and uh, we've not talked about that or anything. No, we haven't so had far, anything like so, that. Before. Um, today, we have joining us a lovely lady by the name of Sharon. Hello, Sharon.
2: Hey guys, how you doing?
0: We're doing great. Doing great, thanks well, for joining welcome to the us. show. Welcome to the show. Well,
2: thanks for having me. I'm really excited,
0: Sharon. To get started, why don't you fill us in a little bit about yourself? Yeah, a little bit of your background.
2: Well, I have a lot of family in Texas. My mom was born here. I was born in Southern California along with my sisters and brothers and raised there. And then in our late teenage years, she moved back here and then everybody ended up following her back to Texas. Um, Two beautiful daughters, two wonderful grandbaby boys, and one more grandbaby boy on the way.
1: Wait a minute. I've got to stop you right there. You said you have grandbabies?
2: I do. So you sound like you're 20
1: years old. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness! Oh my god! Wow! Okay, okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. So your experiences began when you were quite young, right? Starting with a near-death experience—is that correct? Yeah, I
2: was about three and a half, four years old. Um, My mom put us down for the night when she came into the room. I was screaming and kicking the covers off the bed and just having an absolute fit. I had had a dream or a vision in the middle of the night. There was a lady, she had a long white gown on. She had a young boy, he was maybe three, um, holding his hand. And she just approached my bed, walked towards me and held out her hand. And I just slid my feet off the side of the bed and stood up and took her hand. I wasn't afraid of her. She seemed really peaceful. The boy seemed fine. We started walking, we were outside the house, we were walking towards what looked to be a forest, there was a path, Um, everything seemed really serene, but the closer we got to the edge of the forest, the more frightened I got, something just kind of snapped, and said, if you go in there, you're never coming back, and like I said, I was three or four, I I was really young. And I tried to start pulling my hand out of her hand, but she would not let me go. She didn't really flinch or look down at me or try to scold me or anything. And the little boy really never looked over at me. I just was in a panic and I could not get my hand loose from her hand. And she just continued walking towards this dark forest down this path. I guess I'd made quite a bit of noise. And my mom came in to check on me and I had a really high fever. They couldn't get the fever down. They ended up taking me to the ER and had some crazy viral infection that they had a really hard time getting me over.
0: Well, that's that's really interesting. <laughs> you know, when you have a fever, oftentimes you can hallucinate some things, but that's an awfully vivid hallucination.
1: Yeah, and, and you said you were like three or four, you said?
2: Yeah, and it's really never left me. Like, I could describe her to the T. She was tall and thin. She had long, curly brown hair down her back, showing this long white, Kind of a robe, she was real pretty she she didn't seem threatening like when she reached out her hand I just took it she had another child with her already and I didn't feel any fear until we got to the edge of that forest and we got to the edge of the forest something just clicked if you go in there you're not coming back like you can't go in there and I instinctively just started trying to get loose of her and she would not let go of my hand and she just continued walking it was she didn't look down at me she didn't like, look at me! Like, what are you doing? Nothing. She just kept walking, but she would not let me go.
3: Well,
0: how did you get away from her?
2: My mom woke me up.
0: I see. So you, I
2: was kicked all the covers off the bed and was screaming and kicking yeah. and.
0: Do you feel like this was a near-death experience, or just just a very, very vivid trance hallucination dream? What do you What do you feel like it was?
2: Because of how sick I was, um, how high my fever was, I don't really know if I was. Being crossed over to the other side, or if it was just because of the high fever, it was terrifying. Like it really messed my head up. As Whatever as well, it was. I feel fever.
1: Yeah. Were you able to tell your mother what it, what had it happened?
2: Yeah. I mean, and as much as a little person like that could try to explain what had happened. Right. Of course, I had a really high fever, and they took me to the ER pretty quickly. Um, and we've talked about it over the years. And I mean, I was unconsolable. I was. Wow. Pretty flipped out. Wow.
3: Okay. I
1: can't imagine what that, that must have been like, especially being that young. Being that young, yeah. I'm amazed that you actually remember it from being that young. You It must have been made quite an impression on you for you to remember it after all these years.
2: Yeah, it's never left my mind.
1: It's Wow. Things
0: like that can be very vivid. I remember I had a dream. Uh, we lived out of the country at, at the time, and mm-hmm. I had a dream that, <laughs> that I was being carried off by Bigfoot. And no, I'm, I'm serious. But you, you love Bigfoot but, for but some th- reason, This you know? is the reason why, okay. because I was traumatized at that age because we had seen Muddy Bo- Legend of Muddy Buggy yeah, Creek. Yeah. And, and my and dad used head, to terrorize yeah. us and everything. But I had a dream that Bigfoot was carrying me off out through the woods. And the scary part of it was I could see he had me over his shoulder and I could see my dad standing in the front of the house calling for me, looking for me. And I was trying to scream out to him, but I couldn't. And this, oh my god. this thing was just carrying me off into the woods and I'm trying with all my might to scream for my dad and I couldn't make a noise at all. Oh, so, and I remember, and that was I, hell. I must've been about your age. I'm five, six years old, somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere and, um, to this day I can see it just like it just happened. So exactly, yeah. I know how vivid they can be now after this happened, how long was it before paranormal events began to take place?
2: Well, um, the next thing that really I remember the most, we'd moved to Oakview, California, a small town up in the mountains. We were in a new housing track. So the houses that we moved into were just built, and they were built around a whole bunch of old ranches that had been in the area for a long time. And our house was built right next to a ranch that was owned by a doctor. We'll just call him Dr. M. Just really nice guy. They had a beautiful property. He and his wife, and they had two children, a son and a daughter that were getting ready to go to college. Um, I think they were in 11th and 12th grade when we moved in. And we saw Dr. M a lot. He would come out, mow the lawn, and he would talk to us. And sometimes he'd let us come swim in their swimming pool. Um, They had a really beautiful property, private swimming pool, horse stables, horses. He was just really a very gracious man. We never saw his wife much. There was always just some understanding that she had some mental issues and... She didn't really come out of the house much. You'd see her standing in the window sometimes, looking out, but she didn't venture out.
0: Could you see her window from your bedroom?
2: Yeah, yeah. She, after we'd lived there a couple of years, I think we moved in when I was seven. When I was nine, when the two kids um, got ready to leave for college, she shot herself during the day. She what? Wait a minute. She
0: did what? Wow.
2: She shot herself.
0: Shot herself.
3: Oh my God.
2: And we knew that there were problems, but, I mean, we were little. We didn't really know what the problems were. She obviously had some real depression issues. Mm -hmm. But she shot herself while he was at work, and the kids had gone uh, off to school, and we were home. It was summer, and the police came, and the ambulance came, and didn't really block off the area very well. And we were able to see in the house. I mean, she literally, the wall was covered. Wow, and it was pretty graphic. Oh Um,
1: my God! You were told about this. You didn't see this, right?
2: We yeah, we heard. I can't remember if we heard the gun go off, but the ambulance came and the police came, and it was a big ruckus. Their house was right next to ours. And
0: you were able to watch all this from your bedroom from your window.
2: window? Well, we actually were outside. We went outside. Oh my God! Standing
1: outside on like your porch. We
2: were there, and we were trying to see what we could see. And oh yeah, um, the wall that we could see was pretty much covered. It was not a good situation.
3: Wow.
0: That's a terrible story, but where's the paranormal?
2: So the room that she shot herself in was closest to my room. My room was on the corner of the house, and <clears throat> my room was closest to the room that she actually shot herself. I could hear her at night crying after she shot herself. It just these long, mournful, sorrowful cries. She would just be crying. I couldn't see her, but I could hear them. They'd keep me awake at night. I could just hear her out there just crying.
1: Okay. Let me um, let me ask you this. You said you heard crying. Now, how do you know it's her? How do you know it wasn't
2: the no, man? It was, it was coming from right outside the area that she shot herself. And I mean, Dr. M was a big burly man. This was a very feminine, sad cry. I hear heard a lot at night. It would keep me awake. It would scare me for a while.
0: Now, did anybody else hear hear the crying besides you?
2: No. And for a while, there would be incidents where the phone, you know, we had the old wall phones back then. Right. The phone in the kitchen would start ringing, but it would be ringing really low. And then the volume would get louder and then louder and then louder. And it would continue to get louder until I felt like I had to go answer the phone. And nobody else in the house was moving. Nobody else was going to go answer the phone. And I would finally get up enough nerve to go out there and pick up the phone, and there wouldn't be anybody on it. And this went on for quite a while.
0: This happened late at night?
2: Middle of the night, yeah. We ended up moving when I was about 11. How, and, many, um, how
0: many years did 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 it go on that you heard this crying?
2: About two. It, she shut herself when I was around nine, and we moved. My parents' stepfather and mother split when I was 11. So pretty, much the whole time
1: pretty much the whole time you were living in a house, you heard this going on. Yeah. Off and on.
2: Yeah.
1: Was it every night?
2: No, it wasn't every night. Sometimes it would be weeks that I wouldn't hear it, and then sometimes it would be solid a week or a week and a half that I would hear it. Wow. It, again, was really young, but it terrified me, and it made me so sad that I could hear her and how sad she was. I mean, it's just awful. After it happened, you know, the kids were in college, and he was there by himself, and he was not the same person. It was just horrible. Oh, it was,
1: sure. When all this was going on, did you tell in your family what was going on? That what you were hearing, what was happening?
2: Yeah, my mom had remarried, and we had a stepfather, and he was kind of a no-nonsense. I don't care how scared you are at night; you're yeah. not supposed to come to our bedroom kind of guy. And so while all this was going on, I really felt like most of the time I was just on my own. I would try to explain to my mom what I was hearing and oh. why I wasn't sleeping. The effect with my schoolwork. I mean, I was tired all the time. I wasn't getting any rest, wow. but she was in a new marriage and he pretty much laid down the law and I mean, there were times where all I wanted to do was jump out of bed and run to their room. I'd be so scared. I'd be laying in the bed and I'd be like paralyzed. I couldn't move because I was so terrified.
0: Mm. Wow. I can't imagine how that would feel. Oh. I mean, I've been scared when I was a kid, I had been scared lo- bad enough that I didn't want to get out of bed, but I was always allowed to run to my mom and dad's oh, yeah. room yeah, if, same here. if I needed yeah. to. Yeah. you know.
1: Now you, you were probably relieved, I guess, when you probably moved out of that house a bit.
2: Yes. You know, just is flip your childhood when you see something that graphic right. and something like that happens. And then I don't know why she was connected to me. I don't know if it was the proximity of the rooms, the proximity of the room that she shot herself, or if I was just the person in the house that was more in tune with what was going on and could hear it. But, yeah. I mean, I would say, I don't want to hear you. Like, why Why is it me? Like, sometimes I would talk back to her and
0: you know, she never talked back. I could just hear her wailing. Just yeah, that would be hearing a, a constant wailing would be a horrible, horrible thing. Especially knowing
1: that what had happened, what over you had there, seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, I imagine that would have. I mean, you didn't see the event, but you saw the aftermath of yeah, the event, yeah. so yeah. you know what had happened. Good lord! Wow, that's quite traumatic. So what? So what's uh, what's the next experience? What happened after that? You know, after you moved out of that place, what's your next experience
2: happen? After we moved out, things went along pretty normal for a while. I got married and I had Brooke and um, didn't really have any significant things happen. My ex and I were house shopping. We were living in Duplex and we had Brooke and we decided it was time to try and buy a house. Of course, my ex wanted a lot of house for what little money we had and he was really strict on the realtor that we were using and the realtor was trying really, really hard to find us something and he called one afternoon, Saturday afternoon, and said a house came on the market that he thought we would like, that for the neighborhood, it was really a good price, and that he had just gotten a listing, so we went to the house um, to see the house. I really like the house. It's kind of a 1950s, mid-century type of house. I've always gravitated towards the older things. I don't know why, but always have. Definitely not something my ex would have liked. He took one look at it and was like, no, he liked everything new and shiny. Um, but I was pretty intrigued by the house. And while he stood in the living room and talked to the realtor, I started walking through the house to just to still look at everything. I knew we were never going to get this house because he would never have lived there. Um, it had a really cool pool in the backyard. And I went through the backyard and looked around and then I went in and I got to the master bedroom and I was looking around and, it had a smaller walk-in closet, but it had this really cute built-in dresser with a mirror over the dresser. Like, you could stand in there and do your hair, or your makeup, and get dressed. And I just thought it was really charming. And I was standing in that closet, and I just felt this, like, chills. You know those chills that just go up your spine and your arms. And I just had this horrible, terrified feeling in that closet, and I couldn't get past it. I started kind of hyperventilating, and I tried to leave the closet. When I got by the door of the closet, I felt it felt like a forearm just went against my chest, and mm. it pushed me against the wall. And whatever that was was so much rage and so much anger. It just held me there, and I could just feel it wash over me. This anger, rage, like it was just screaming in my face, but there was no sound.
0: All right, so and I was crying. You physically felt something touch you and push you back against the wall, but you couldn't see
2: anything. He slammed me against the wall.
1: Yeah, that uh, that's me. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, I'm walking into the living room. Honey, we're not getting this house. <laughs> let's leave right now. Yeah. Let's go. No. Can, can, can we get a, can, come on, man. Come, come on, man. I'm not, <laughs> let's, let's hit this. Now, just to be clear so we can get the timeline right, uh, the last experience you would had, you were about 11, and now you're, you're married.
2: Yeah, about 27 okay. years old.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: At this point, I was bawling, whatever was holding me up against the wall. I wow. was hyperventilating and crying. When it let me go, I just slid down the wall to the floor.
0: You said that you you felt mm. this rage and this anger wash over you. Uh, tell us a little about that.
2: It was definitely a male entity. It felt like he was just screaming in my face, just screaming. I couldn't physically hear anything, but the amount of anger that whatever it was had in it that was pushing me against that wall went all over me. Wow. So once I composed myself enough to get off the ground, I literally crawled from the closet into the master bedroom and got up and ran to the living room where they were standing there and I was crying. And of course my husband's looking at me like, what are you doing? Crazy person. And they couldn't calm me down. I was literally hyperventilating and they took me out in the front yard because I needed out of the house. I was not staying in that house, not a second longer. Hmm. And my just kept trying to downplay it, and eventually the realtor just stopped and said, I'm really sorry. He said, she's right. He said, there was a murder-suicide here several years ago. They've never been able to resell this house. Oh, the man beat his wife to death in the closet and then shot her and then went and sat down on the bed and shot himself. Wait,
0: wait, wait. The man beat his wife to death in that closet? Yes. You were experiencing that event is what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And, mm. and it's making you emotional. I can hear that. Must it have... was
2: absolutely terrifying mm. to know that something could touch you from the other side or that could make you feel that much rage and that much pain. It was terrifying. And the fact that my ex was acting like, you're crazy. What are you doing? Like, Nobody's going to believe this. And when the realtor finally said he'd just got the listing, the house had been vacant for years, the family couldn't afford to pay the taxes again, the sister had had the house, the the price was really a good price for that neighborhood. Mm. And since he couldn't find something that my husband liked in the price range that we were trying to shop in, he thought he'd give it a chance. But I was hysterical. I don't think had I not been hysterical, I don't think he would have said anything.
0: So he was trying to keep, keep that part of the house quiet. Well, yeah. Wanted to sell it. <laughs> well, I bet that made him feel really stupid,
1: though, whenever you went in there and experienced that. had experience like that. Wow.
2: Well, he said he'd walked through <clears throat> twice with the sister. The first time I asked her to make some repairs to the house, get things kind of ready to go because it had been vacant for so long. And then they went through and looked at the repairs, and he said he honestly never felt anything in there. And my husband said he did not feel anything in there.
0: Well, because they were male.
2: Yeah, that probably is the case. Wow. It was enough to like literally my legs were out from under me. I couldn't stand. Well I literally hit the floor.
1: Now, let me ask, you, you, you didn't you didn't buy this house, right? Oh heck no. <laughs> okay, my- I, just be, I just wanna be clear on that. You did not get this house.
0: <laughs> no. We've talked to people before on previous shows, mm-hmm. and uh, that have had things going on in their house. And at least with this couple, this last couple that we spoke to, the stuff didn't ever go away. It no, just it didn't escalate. No, it no. escalated, yeah. Uh, and so, had you bought the house, you probably this is something you probably would have had to deal. I couldn't imagine what it have been like for you had you bought the house. Your husband be at work and you being at home, yeah, with uh, with the to kids deal with the, yeah. or whatever. Uh, that would be. That would be a horrible nightmare. Brings in mind that movie uh, called The Entity. And oh, yeah. Have you, you remember I've seeing s- that? I've seen it, yes. Uh, that's, woo. Yeah. Scary stuff right there. Well, I'm glad you didn't get that house. That's,
1: that's what I'm glad about. Me too.
2: <laughs> no. I don't know if it was leftover energy in the house or mm. if it were an entity. I'm not sure.
1: Well, the
0: fact that, that it touched left- you. That's not a residual that's not a residual response that I'm that I, as far as I understand, by the definition of a, rigid, a residual haunting, that that takes energy. The only other thing, the only other thing that that I could say is, is possibly you were perceptive to this and so perceptive and so able to get in touch with these the emotions from that event that maybe it caused your body to feel and react the way that it did. Either way,
1: it's extremely paranormal yeah. uh, in my mind, and maybe this entity or whatever it is sensed that she could sense things going on there and was fearful and was you know f- well, threatened. So and that's why it attacked. That's, I, a th- that's the only word I can, That's I a think. thought. You know, know. Only word I can think of. Maybe, an attack. You know? maybe
0: it attacked you because it knew it that could. could that,
1: yeah, that you would know it's there. You know,
2: and I think. I stood in the closet probably where she stood and did her makeup or Mm -hmm. put on her jewelry and dressed every day. I was standing there in that mirror thinking, how adorable is this? How much would I just love to stand here and get dressed in the morning and to have this in my closet? It was so special. And I don't know if that did it. If that just made him freak out. I don't know, but it was terrifying. It was, you don't think something like that can reach out and touch you, but it can.
3: Wow.
0: That's, that's horrifying. And alas, this is not the last paranormal experience that you've had, is it? Uh,
2: Me and my daughters moved to, well, I'm going to say a small town in Texas, and I bought a home, 1930 bungalow, and both the husband and wife had passed away. When the girls went to look at the house, they were like, hell no, you cannot (laughs) buy this house.
1: They just didn't like the look of it? Was that that, they didn't like the way it looked? Yeah,
2: it had been vacant for... Probably about nine months. Oh, it hadn't okay. been updated. It okay. was just really run drab, down. run down a little bit. Okay. Dark and yeah, and, and I, I could see that it had good bones. That mm-hmm. it could really turn into a cute
1: house. It take a little work, but you could get it there. Well,
0: yeah. at this point, we need to point. I need to point out that I, I don't know the other daughter, but I like I said, I, I know Brooke, and I know Brooke is a very very sensitive person. She's very very open to emotions and the way people are feeling. She can read people and energies I guess fairly well. Now, I don't know that Brooke has ever really actually had too many actual sightings of a ghost or anything like that, but I know that she's extremely sensitive and I think that it it could possibly run in the family as we'll find out a little Mm -hmm. bit later. But so you went ahead and bought the house and uh moved in. Yeah, we moved
2: in late April and myself and the girls pulled all of the old carpet out and pulled up all the old carpet tacks and the beautiful hardwood floors under it. We'd been through a pretty traumatic divorce, and both of the girls slept in the same room as I did. They had since they were little. Mm. Um, Britt was in fourth grade. Brooke was in sixth grade. And so that night, we'd cleaned up, and we were all on the bed together, and we always said our prayers together, and we talked about the day and what we had going on the next day. We quieted down. um, Had a filling fan, and I told Brooke, just pull the chain on the light and leave the fan going. It's pretty hot. And so she just reached up and she pulled the chain and the light went off and we'd laid there maybe 30 minutes. We were all pretty much asleep. And I heard this noise, this clink, 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 clink. And the light was on. And Brooke sat up and looked at me and I sat up and looked at her and Brittany was in the middle of this. And I said, did you do that? And she said, no. She said, did you do that? And I said, no. And we just sat there on the bed with the light on, like what the heck just happened Chain was clearly off. I watched Brooke pull it and turn the light off. And when it turned back on, we could hear the chain pulling down like a couple of clicks at a time. So that was the first thing that happened in the house that we were like, mm, this didn't feel right. We had all come in late afternoon. I'd picked them up from the Boys and Girls Club, the next event that happened. And they came straight in and went and sat down in the living room. And I went in the kitchen to start dinner and I kept hearing something. And I finally said, one of you girls use the bathroom and maybe leave the water running or something. Can one of you guys check that? Brooke said, Mom, we haven't left the couch. Like, we came in and sat down and turned on the TV. Nobody's been back there. So we walked out there to look, and the bathroom sink plug was pulled up, and both faucets, hot and cold, were on full blast. And the water was just starting to crest over the edge of the sink. So it had to have just been turned on within the time that we got there. And water was just starting to go everywhere. And we were like, what the heck? They hadn't moved. I was in the kitchen. Nobody had even been to the back part of the house yet. So we turned off the water and cleaned everything up. Me and Brooke were just like, hmm, okay. Stuff's not feeling so good around here. A couple of nights later, I woke up in the middle of the night. And it looked like a guy that was in a maybe 1960s or 1950s football uniform was running through the middle of my bedroom, just running right at me with a football. Like he was on the field and the next day we called the church and had them come over and bless the house with holy water all over the house because we obviously had something going on.
1: Okay. I got to ask because Derry knows how I am. Okay. All of this happened, the water, you see somebody running through your your bedroom or house or whatever and you guys stayed? I I don't I'm I'm sorry, but I would have been gone. I, did you somebody running through my house that I don't know? Come on, man. I mean, you know, I got to go, you know? I mean, wow, I, you got you have a lot of guts. I'm telling you, I I don't I, I don't know if I could stand up to that. I don't know. So,
0: you had you had the church come out and bless the house with holy water after that.
2: It did, yes.
1: D- did it work?
2: It did. Things, Yeah, things wow. cleared, and um, turns out that the couple that lived there both passed away. Mm-hmm. She was a nutritionist, and she died of cancer and left him there in the house by himself, and then he passed away about six months after that. Mm-hmm. The children had moved to Colorado and California, and they hired an estate sale company to come and sell the stuff, and after we put the offer on the house, we so smartly went to the estate sale and bought some of their belongings and put them back in the house with uh, us. Don't do that.
3: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we, there, that's so what
2: happened. <laughs> up. They hadn't cleaned out everything. And, yeah. like, wow, there were, like, family photo books of pictures that they'd taken on vacation. He was a really big football star, and he called all the football games whoa, on whoa, the radio. Whoa,
1: wait, wait. He was a football star?
2: Yes.
1: How do we know that wasn't him running through there? Yeah, like, in his uniform when he, was- he
2: yeah he called all the football games local high school football did games. Did you know that before you saw college. that?
1: Did you know that no. he was a fo- you
2: didn't
1: know any of this? You so found, no. found all this out later. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna write this note down. Estate sale. Buy a house. Get their belongings out. Do not buy them back. Okay, <laughs> there. I'm making that note right there, right now. Okay. <laughs> Lord. I know this
2: is scary to people, but and we'll talk about it a little bit further in. But I really kind of grew up with a lot of this stuff going on with um, generations of people. And my mom's one of those people that will just say, "Well, honey, they just they didn't go into the light. They're just lost. Just hmm. tell them to into the light." I will say, "Mom." I'm not going to address this entity.
0: Well, you did you have the experience in that closet, so you had very good reason to be afraid. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah, but she's always telling me, just tell them to go into the light, honey. I'm like, Mom, you get over here and you tell him to go into the light. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, you've always been interested in antiques and, and and that sort of stuff. In fact, it turned into a business later on, didn't it?
2: Yes. So when the girls graduated, I really needed a hobby. I'd been a single mom for years, and once they graduated, I was kind of lost. And I started buying and selling antiques and vintage items, and I rented a booth in a local shop in the town that we were at, and I sold out of there for years and years. And we just had a running joke that if you were in there late at night, you better hang on to your keys because they will be moved and put in somebody else's booth. Um, Mm -hmm. There were a lot of positive stories from there. I got to the point where... I worked all day and I would do the estate sales on the weekend and then I would clean everything up and price it. And then I would try to go on like a Monday or Tuesday night and reset my booth, put all the new stuff in there. I I couldn't go in there at night. I'd call my mom and say, can you come with me? Because I don't want to be in here alone at night, especially if it were winter and it got dark early. I would only have a short amount of time before it was dark in there to get my stuff in. I always could fill stuff in there. I'd always get frightened when I was in there at night. And I did have two pretty significant experiences in there once with the owner um that ran the shop we were pretty close friends and one friday night we were just hanging out after the shop closed we'd had a pretty busy day she ran the shop we just rented the booth space and we would just come in and put our stuff in there and she would sell it for us but days that we could be around, we'd go out and hang out with her and hang around in the booth and talk to customers. So that Friday night, we had stopped and got some food and got a bottle of wine, and we went back up to the shop, and we had out the tarot cards, and we were just visiting and chit-chatting, and Kim, one of the other girls that had two booths in the back of the shop, had bought this amazing lot of vintage clothing. The lady had stuff from the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. It was amazing. Um, she brought a lot of it into the shop, and we'd all been through it that day, and we wanting to try it on, and how cool it was, and we'd been talking to Kim about it, where she got it. So that night as we were playing around with the tarot cards and just laughing, and we had about half a bottle of wine, we could see down the hall of the shop so that we're... The front door opened up, her kind of counter was there, and she could see straight to the back of the shop, and there were booths on both sides of the hallway all the way down, and Kim had the two booths at the back of the shop. We looked up, and a lady walked from one of Kim's booths across the hall to the other booth. She was dressed in one of the very cool 1960s outfits. She had one of those turban things on her head, and she just walked by. And when she got to the hall, she turned her head towards Leslie and I and just stared at us as she walked until she got to the second booth. And then she just looked forward again and went into the second booth. And we were like, oh, my God, what was that? Both of us saw it. We were afraid to move. Neither of us wanted to go down to check the booth. We finally got up enough nerve to go down and look in Kim's booth. There was nobody there. The outfit that she was wearing was hanging on one of the racks.
0: Oh, jeez. Wow. So you could see the actual outfit that, that this person was wearing hanging there? Yes. Oh, my God. Well, what did, hmm. what, did, what did this entity look like? Did it look, was it like smoky or see-through or just a shadow? Or?
2: No, it just looked like a, pretty much a normal person. She looked like she was maybe in her 50s at this time. The dress that she had in, you know, those women wore those kimonos in the 50s and 60s, those loud kind of long kimonos. Yeah. That's what she had on. It had on like an abstract pink and green and blue and orange, like a very loud pattern on it. It's got a matching treatment thing on her head.
0: Well, this is a recurring thing that we, that we've heard a lot on our podcast. People say when they see these entities, they don't they don't look like what people say they look like on TV, you know, like ghosts that you can see through or that you can barely see. Or they always say it looked just like you and me. It looked like just another person. Like a real person? She
2: did. Yep. She was obviously aware that we were there because when she stepped into the hall area, her head turned and she stared at us the entire time until she crossed the hall into the next booth.
0: Well, the scary thing Help is her. is that her clothes that, she, that you saw her wearing were right there. Yep. Was there an exit in that booth? No. Just one way in There's and a, one way out?
2: Yeah, and the front door is right next to the area where you check out where Leslie's counter was.
0: So for them to leave, so they would no had Leslie to walk right by you.
2: Out. Yeah. No way for anybody to get out. Right. Right. Yeah. That's they crazy. would have had to come up the hall about four booth lengths. Uh-huh. So probably about 40 feet. They would have had to come up that hall and then walk in front of me and Leslie to the door.
1: <laughs> wow. So y'all, after walking down there and seeing that, you know, the dress hanging up there, what would what y'all do then? Just continue to hang just, out?
2: I mean, we really kind of started laughing. Leslie had seen a lot of stuff up there. There were a lot of stories.
1: You got so calm. That was calm. my
2: first real oh my big experience up there. Wow, I
1: couldn't have got out of there fast enough. I mean, that's wow. You guys are just amazing. I just, I yeah. If it had been Harold, you'd have heard a "Come
0: on, man!" and then saw an outprint in the wall where he'd run through the wall to get no, out. No, my of first there. thing, I would have looked,
1: I would. I would have done. I would have done that. I would have looked, looked at my friend and said, "Did you see that? Did you see that person? Let's go down there and see if that person's there." Okay, and then when I went down there to look, and the dress. That I saw this person in is hanging there. I look at my friend and go, "Like, we gone." <laughs> that's it. <laughs> no, I'm. That's it. I'm, I'm good for the night. Too I'm bad we can't night. stay. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you right now. See, I'm the other end of this thing. I don't want to tempt any of this. But when you mentioned tarot cards, I checked out right then. I'm, gonna, I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a friend that did, did tarot cards, and she wanted to do uh, give me a reading. I said, okay, fine. You know, I kind of had a thing for her. So I said, I'll let you do whatever you want to do. First thing she does, it turns out all the lights. I said, why does it got to be dark in here like this? She said, well, it works better this way. I said, okay, but you can't see, can you? <laughs> you know, it's no, I can see. All lights are out. We're sitting on the floor and she's giving me a read. I, I've never been so. Creeped out. I was really creeped out. I really was. <laughs> she was telling me stuff about me that there's no way she could have known. Going yeah, like, that's she, a bit scary. she could not have known this stuff because I didn't know her that long. She just, she, right. she didn't know, and I was just like, I really got scared. I mean, I really did. I said, well, "Are you a witch? What's going on? What's what's up with you?" She said, "No, I'm just I'm just in touch with the other side." Oh my, she's very calm when she said it. I said, "Okay, I'm gonna be in touch with this door because I'm out of here." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you, but no thanks, Thank honey. You. Thank you. Thank you.
1: We'll be here all night. <laughs> well, now,
0: that's that's not the only paranormal experience that you had at that shop, was it?
2: No. No. I, um, I'd been in an estate sale all day, and I bought this adorable little boy's bed with a dresser, and it wouldn't fit in my booth. And it was probably, so maybe July, it was pretty hot, and I was out there pretty late, And I decided to set the bed and the dresser outside the shop. She had a lot of stuff sitting out on the front of the shop. People really wouldn't mess with it too much. I moved some furniture over to make enough room for the bed. And I put the dresser up against the the wall. And there was a mirror that had been there. So I put it up on top of the dresser. And I got the back rail of the bed behind the dresser. And I got the headboard on and the footboard on. And I was trying to get the other side rail on the outside of the dresser put together. I got the head rail in, but the foot rail would not go in. And so I was struggling and struggling. It was hot and I was sweating. And I stood up to wipe the sweat off. And there was a young guy, looked like he was in his early 20s. He had on a striped polo shirt and a pair of cargo shorts standing behind me.
0: You saw this in the mirror.
2: Yep. And so it kind of startled me and I turned around and there was nobody there. And I was like, okay, you saw him in the mirror. So it was a mirror at a weird angle. Like I'm looking around, trying to see if maybe he's standing somewhere that I just can't see him. There's nothing there. So I'm like, okay, just try to get the stupid rail on. So I bend down, I'm trying to get the rail in again. I can't get it to lock in. I'm trying to push the bed apart so I can get the the little hook things to line up in the rail properly. I stand up again. He's there again. I'm like, holy shit! I turn around. Nothing. So now I'm walking around out in front of the shop in between the aisles of furniture and stuff saying, I saw you. I don't have any keys to this building. I can't let you in. There's nothing here to steal. Like I saw you. I don't know where you're at. you have got friends here, but I saw you. So, so you're I'm walking around like an idiot.
0: You're thinking at, still at this point, you're thinking it's a physical human being that's. Well, of course. Yes.
1: I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah.
2: yeah. So. I go back to the bed and it's starting to get dark and I'm trying again. can't get the thing in and I'm just, I'm cussing at this point. Like, I just want to get out of there. I don't know where this guy's gone. I don't feel safe. Yeah. I just need the thing to go in. I stand up and he's standing there again. And so this time I didn't turn around. I just stared in the mirror and I said, I see you. I pointed to him. And I said, I can see you. I see you. And he just got this weird little grin, like the side of his lip went up on one side. And then he was gone. Wow. And then I got my car, and Harold. This time
1: I got the heck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> she pulled the Harold. Okay. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me,
0: let me elaborate. Wow, on that. you saw him give you a little kind of crooked grin, grin yeah. a, a crooked grin, and yeah. then you said he was gone. He just disappeared as you were watching him. Yeah,
2: I, yeah, and I turned around. There was nothing there, and I looked back in the mirror, and there was nothing
1: there. Oh, you turned around after addressing me in the mirror, then you turned back see, and then turned back and there was nothing in the mirror. So he was gone. So yeah, She didn't actually see him gone. move, move. Wow. That's something.
2: So attached to that bed, if that was his childhood bed, or if somebody else brought yeah. something to the shop afternoon that afternoon he was attached to that was out there. Mm-hmm. But the time I saw him, I just stood there, and I just stared at him and I said, I see you. I can see you. And he just got a grin on, my, on his face like, yeah. And then just got this little, little side of his Lip went up on one side, and he got this funny little grin on his
0: face. I was wow. like, "Holy shit! Wow! What the wow. heck?" I wonder if antique dealers deal with this sort of thing. I was just all thinking the same time. thing because they're antiques and yeah. they belong to somebody. You know, at some point, you know. Well, you you know that just gives credence to the, to the stories. You know that it's not just houses that can be haunted, yeah, but, but things can things. be
1: haunted as well. Some something's attached to that for yeah, some yeah. strong reason or something. I
2: would haul a lot of stuff home from it auctions or estate sales, and it will definitely change the energy in your house. Sometimes yeah. you'd bring something home that you thought was really cool, and the energy in your house would shift pretty significantly, and you'd get rid of that item. You'd take it down to the shop. Yeah. You didn't want it in your house.
0: Wow. Well, real quick, we're almost out of time, but but we've got to cover the clock. You've got to tell that story real quick just to kind of cap off these interesting stories because it, stories. It, it involved one of your daughters, not just you, right?
2: Yeah, Brooke seems more susceptible than my youngest daughter. And like I said, my mom is very in tune, and my grandmother and my great grandmother all, all saw spirits. My sister saw spirits, my aunt saw spirits. I had a gentleman that lived a block and a half down the street from me. I'd really never met him. Um, he ended up being placed in a facility where I worked. He, he was very ill. I'm not going to say too much here, but he was very ill. He never married. He never had children. He wanted to be a Catholic priest. His family was dead set against that. He was never able to do that. When he got placed in our facility, his sister immediately put his house on the market and all of his belongings in a state sale. His house was kind of his shrine. He loved clocks, and he had hundreds of clocks. People came from all over Texas to this estate sale to get a hold of his clocks. He had mm. magnificent old, 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 the clock that I ended up picking up was, um, 1867 and they had old ships, the old sailboat models. He had those all over his house and really beautiful paintings. Anyways, his sister put everything up in an estate sale and it was a block away from my house. And so I went and I'd, Didn't know the man before he got put in my facility. And Leslie, who owned the antique store, knew him really well. And she's the one who kind of gave me his backstory and how sad his life was. So I bought several things from that estate sale. I got a Seth Thomas triple-decker seven-day action clock. It was a beautiful, beautiful old hand-painted clock. And you have to wind those things. Every seven or eight days, you have to wind them. So when I first got it, I was really excited, and I tried to wind it all the time. I put it in the entryway of my house. I was so proud of it. But I was very busy, and times would come where I would not wind that clock. And I have a small dog that I've had for a long time. And when I would not wind that clock, it was like the dog was being called to that room. He would walk over to that room, and he would look up where the clock is, and he would look back at me, and then he would look back at the clock, and then he would go cower under my coffee table. And I'd be like, what is going on? So this went on for a while. If I wound the clock, it was fine. If I came home and the clock wasn't wound... It was like he was getting after my dog for me not winding the clock. I finally took some sage and went in there, and I just told him, if you do not stop haunting this clock, I understand. These are your babies, and you you religiously wound these. Every Wednesday, he wound every clock. Um, I had to tell him, if you do not leave my dog alone and stop hassling me over this clock, then I'm going to have to take it down to the shop, and it's going to go somewhere that you don't know where it went to, and you don't know where the rest of them are. They got sold all across. The U.S. So we kind of had it out, but before that happened, Brooke and her boyfriend came to stay with me, and she was terrified to go through that room. You could either go through the entry room to get to the bathroom in the back of the house, or you could go through the kitchen of my room to go through the back of the house. And when Brooke would stay with me, she would not go in that room. She said that she'd get next to the stairs to go in that room, and the hair would stand up on her neck, and she would come and wake me up and go through my room. She wouldn't, wouldn't go past the clock. Hmm.
3: Wow.
0: So
2: to say when I sold the house to move here, I sold the clock.
0: Yeah.
3: Okay.
0: (laughs) I'll tell you, that's really weird. How many generations of women in your family have experienced the paranormal scene spirits and so, so on and so forth?
2: My mom has seen them all of her life. My grandmother, my great grandmother, my aunt, my sister, myself. And Brooke's been involved in a few things. She hasn't physically seen anything. My mom can remember when she was young, maybe four or five years old, they were living in Coleman, Texas, going out to a swing set, and an old man would come and lean against the pole of the swing set and talk to her, and oh. he was not alive. He was a ghost, for sure. Oh, my God. Um did it until she got a little older. Right. And then in the same house that they lived, it was a two-story house, and her and my Aunt Joanne um, shared a bed together, and my mom said at night when she would be trying to go to sleep. A lady would come out of the wall, and she would be... in like night clothes and she had her hair all, all in a bun and stuff. She'd come out of the wall and she'd go to the foot of the bed and she would stand there and look at my mom for a few minutes and then she would turn and go back through another wall and my mom was never afraid. She huh. still to this day is not really that afraid.
3: Yeah. wow,
0: Man, I tell you what, this has been a very, very interesting, wow. very, very spooky show. Sharon, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you coming on and telling us these lots, stories. These
1: Lots of great stories. Thank you for sharing them with us. I know a lot of them Brought back some sense memories to you, and you you know moved you a little bit. And but thanks for sticking in there and sharing these stories with us. I think our I think our listeners don't really like this.
0: I think especially gonna, if they listen late at night. Yes,
1: late at night they yeah. like it. You know they'll really like this. We
0: we got to give a shout out to one of our our big fans who listens all the time. Uh, Harold yeah. and I both know her, and uh, she's a.
1: We know Vicky's out there listening to it. She, yeah. she listens late at night. She got really spooked out by our Bigfoot uh, episode, and I, I hope she's sticking in here. Stay with us. Sharon's gave, giving you a lot of great stories. I know you enjoyed them. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, Sharon, thank you again Bye. so much for being on our show.
2: Really enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: Uh, well, it's good to have you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys
1: and girls, that's about all the time we have for this episode of The Spook Show. And don't forget, you've got spooky stories. you got things you want to share with us. We want you to share them with us so we can share them with all the listeners out there. Show at gmail.com. Send them in right there.
0: Okay? That's right. And. Leave us a comment on Facebook yes. or on our YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Let us know where you're
1: listening and from, and you'll see all the links right here. You're listening to the podcast. We yep. got the links posted up here, so yep. yeah, post, click on one, click on one of those. And of we're
0: still collecting stories about Ouija boards. If That's why you, have right, you any, want to do the Ouija if boards. If you have any good Ouija board stories, yes. then uh, please send them to us at our Gmail uh, email address. We'd mm-hmm. love to hear from you. Well, that does it, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show and uh if you uh, are listening for the very first time go back and listen to some of the previous shows we've yes. got some real good ones you don't want to miss out i'm terry price i am harold presley don't get spooked